Hey everybody, welcome to our brand new podcast that uh, we have affectionately named Mold Matters. My name is Jeremy Evans, a co-host, and my name is Mike Adams, and we're uh, we're in the mold remediation business. We uh, we've long been thinking about doing a podcast. Uh, because it's been a good 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, we'll get into introductions in more depth later, but, but especially Mike's been doing mold for so long and he's learned so much and you've probably also realized how much people, the average person that hasn't spent the time you have, how much people don't know about mold, but want to know about mold. Yes, you see people <laughs> all over the world. They are clamoring to learn about mold. <laughs> yes, yes. It's just, it's crazy. No, <laughs> But truly, it, you, you get into it and people, people are, because of the health implications, right. yeah. people, yeah. people want to know how is this affecting my life. And uh, um, as you know better than anybody, mold affects every one of our lives and there's no way to avoid it. So. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal when a... <clears throat> Uh, we'll tell the story a little later, but when when I first started doing this, I had no idea the health side of mold and how it affects uh, people's health and and um, you know a, a really high pro uh, proportion of our customers have bounced from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to figure out what on earth is wrong with me. I don't feel right, and um, oftentimes I stumble onto holy cow, it's my house it makes me sick. Yeah, and and. And this is a good segue because just to introduce the theme of the podcast, obviously mold. Um, but just to give our listeners a sense for what to expect in the future as you tune into these podcasts, um, we're basically going to amass all the information we've learned over many, many years. Actually, Mike, this is part of your introduction. How many, how many mold inspections and mold treatments do you think you've done in your day? If I count this morning's, it's been four. <laughs> no, no, it's a uh, we we think that uh, in the thousands. We're I mean we're sure in the thousands and thousands of homes I've talked to, uh, homeowners and and uh, even you know commercial buildings, but mostly homeowners and honestly it's mostly the housewife that I end up talking to <laughs> about their home and what's what's going on. So I've seen a lot of homes. I've seen a lot of mold. Yeah, and 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 with that knowledge base, we'd like to just share kind of the most pertinent highlights from your career and from, from my career and from our research yeah. about mold, about how it affects our lives, about we'll address how it affects your health uh, and things you can do to, to address that. Um, we're going to talk about what mold looks like in the home, how to, as a homeowner, how to, uh, you know, take care of that and, and prevent that. Um, we want to help you understand how mold works. In fact, we'll talk about that later today, how mold works. When you know how mold works, you can take those preventative measures yeah. to keep it out of your house. So all things mold. Would you say that's an accurate description of our theme I here? I think all things. All things mold, and hopefully we'll make it interesting and pertinent maybe, to your... Maybe most things mold. Most, most well, things. Most things mold. Most things mold. Okay. <laughs> A lot of things mold. That's what yeah, we'll do. More, more, mold, more about mold <laughs> than you'd want to know, but... Um, so let's, that's kind of the, the introduction to our podcast. And now, Mike, could I, I think this is an interesting story, and I think it's relevant. 
uh, I, I'd like to hear your story, Mike. Uh, you're you know more about mold than anyone I know, actually. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that know more, but I don't know them. And I think your story is instructive um, because that informs everything we're going to be talking about. So could you actually share? The, it's an interesting story. Share your story, how you got into the mold industry, and give us that background. Yeah. Um, so I worked um, for the same company for 22 years and uh, just kind of hit a, a point in my life that I think a lot of people hit where I just I can't do this anymore. I can't work for corporate America anymore. So I left that job with an idea to start a company and we were going to do light maintenance on mid-level size buildings, buildings that are 100,000 square feet or in that range. Uh, the idea was we were going to do the filters, the lighting, the fire extinguishers, backflow devices, all those, th those things that are kind of a hassle for a building owner to take care of. But if it's a small enough building, they can't afford to hire a, like a full-time building engineer. So uh, we started the company, started picking up some nice contracts. Then we started picking up some medical facilities. And then we picked up some surgical um, facilities and ended up just in a weird kind of way of cleaning the operating rooms at night in this surgical center. And um, I have a brother-in-law, his name's Jeff Evans, who was supplying parts to a company in St. Paul to build uh, what they called a, a fogger, um, a dry fogger. And uh, he called me one day and he said, hey, you know, I was just thinking about what you're doing with these surgical centers. Wouldn't this dry fog idea take off? I said, well, yeah, it seems like that's a kind of a no-brainer. So we kind of, um, well, we ended up buying a fogger from UCLA. I used one. And not knowing how to make it work or any details, we just started trying to market this thing to hospitals and surgical centers and medical facilities. Interesting. Couldn't get any traction at all. Um, to make a long story short, there really is not a financial uh, payback for a hospital to fog an operating room at night. I mean, they're not losing money currently, and they're cleaning it the best they can. They all admitted it's a great idea, but they're not going to pay for it. And so um, <laughs> I kind of felt like, oh, man, I have I've ruined the company I had because we put so many resources and so much energy into this idea. Um, we let some of the other contracts um, expire and we were frankly we were sunk and uh, it just hit us one night kind of one of those deals where your eyes pop open and I thought well let's do homes I didn't know about the health side of mold but I knew that mold was an issue in homes so we immediately went up to Park City Utah talked to some realtors and said hey do you guys run into mold the reason I went to Park City Utah was because those are really expensive homes, so nobody buys or sells a home up there without an inspection. Inspectors find mold. They said, we have an answer with a dry fog machine that, that may work for you and, and save you a lot of money. So um, even though this piece of equipment that I purchased from UCLA was cumbersome, in fact, years ago, Jeremy worked with me. We, we pushed that thing around houses. Mm -hmm. um, was top heavy it's really built for a clean room setting not so much for a home obviously but the crazy thing was we got really good results with the 
a dry fog treatment. And so as the years transpired, we started making adjustments to the machine and ended up getting a patent for our own machine. And then we patented the process we use now. But that's, that's how we ended up dry fogging for mold. Um, so it wasn't until, excuse me, it wasn't until a few years into it that we stumbled onto some uh, naturopathic or homeopathic practitioners that we really started to realize, holy cow, this is a big deal. So if I'm if I'm reading you correctly, what you're saying is you didn't grow up when when you were a little kid, you didn't say, hey, when I'm big, I want to be a mold remediator. No, I didn't even do that last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we, we, this is we we strictly stumbled onto this, and but it's um, we've been a part of being able to help a lot of people get well again. Yeah. So it's been rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I know you've gotten many certifications over the years, you know, maybe this is your one chance to brag. Give us your rap list of, of what are you? I, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I have everything framed behind my desk, but a certified mold inspector, certified mold remediator, um, certified commercial mold remediator, um, I passed off some tests in Texas to be a contractor down there. So I've got a few few things under my belt. Yeah, every time I walk in this guy's office, he's he's reading something about the industry and coming up with an interesting fact. So, And I do the same. I just had two uh, mold inspections this morning. I do them very regularly, mold treatments. And so always learning still, too. And so we don't know everything about mold, but, but we know a lot. And uh, with that backdrop... Um, Mike, I think uh, we, what we'd like to do is give our listeners today a little taste for uh, what a what a typical podcast might look like. And and uh, um, one thing, I actually just I just captured on this thought when we were chatting before the podcast. We were trying to think of a uh, a way to contextualize this information, and this thought popped into my mind. I want to. I want you to take us through the life of a mold spore. One day in a life of a mold spore, because I think uh, I think there's there's very there's a lot of misunderstanding about you know what how does mold react? What does it do? What does its life look like? Yeah, how am, how do I end up with mold in my house? How do I yeah. get mold in my house? And uh, you know how did it get there? Why is it there? How does it? What things make it grow? What things make it go away? Um, I think that's something that affects, like I said, all of our lives. And, and we should say, before we go into that, mold is absolutely everywhere in this world. Yeah, yeah. It's, mold is, is necessary. It, we need mold. What do we need mold for? It, it breaks down organic matter. Um, it's, I mean, it's part of the whole um, ecosystem. Mold is important. We just don't want elevated mold in our homes. Yeah. So... Is it safe to say I'm breathing in mold right now? I would say yeah, yeah. Based on all the air air quality tests yeah. I've done, I right. have very rarely done a, a space that didn't have any mold in the air, right. unless we just treated it, maybe. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, a good uh, important concept, and we can talk about this in another another segment. But you're probably not breathing in mycotoxins right now. Um, because that would be kind of a byproduct of mold that has already kind of set up camp in your home and is regularly feeding and breaking down uh, 
organic material. So you're probably not breathing in mycotoxins, which is good. You are breathing in mold, which is normal. Okay. So, Mike, is it safe to say that if there were no mold, we would just have heaps and piles of organic matter piling one atop one another uh, in our world? Yeah, I, I've, I've honestly never thought about it, but I think you're, I mean, it would have to be. I mean, if trees keep growing and, and something's got to equalize that out somewhere to, to keep everything in balance. Yeah. So mold is, I mean, mold is important to, it's to the It's a necessary part earth. of our yeah. ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'd like you to, I'd like you to kind of, for the, for the listeners, Mike, I'd like you to, to describe a home environment as it relates to mold, what that looks like and, and, and give in that description, give, give them the day, a day in the life of a mold spore as you describe okay. that. <laughs> okay. This is kind of spur of the moment. I haven't really thought about this, but, um, so let's say that I am a mold spore. Let's um, say that I am what? Ketomium? Sure. I'm like, no, let's not say ketomium, because if I was a ketomium, I would live in a parathesium, and that would be harder for me to get out and about. So let's say I'm an aspergillus. Okay. Okay. I'm an aspergillus. Very common around. mold. I see an open door. I'm going to go into that home, right? Or the wind's going to blow me into that home. Um, I literally am going to float around in that home, land on surfaces, uh, Somebody walks by, it's going to fluff up the wind there. That's not the right way to say that, but you know what I mean. And I'm going to go somewhere else. My entire life purpose is seeking out moisture and a food source. And so um, I may bounce around for literally years and years and years. And, and the difference between mold and bacteria is bacteria, like if you had a cold, you walked in a house, you sneezed, some bacteria ended up on the table. Uh-huh. That bacteria is going to die in three, four, five days, right? Yeah. Mold is not that way. It can stay viable for years. Now, don't don't confuse it with dormant and non-dormant. Um, my point is that mold really never goes away until you either kill it with a sterilant or you literally take it out of the house. Mm. So um, I'm pretty set knowing as a mold spore um, – that I'm going to live for a long, long, long time or survive for a long time. So I'm going to bounce from places to places in that house. I may hit a windowsill, um, particularly on the north side of a house where it's always colder. It's going to condensate more. I may land there. There's enough moisture. Even dust is enough food for me to survive. I may start growing right there. And um, in in the next course of the next few days, months, years, I may start forming some what they call mycelium, and then I may get maybe dried out a little bit and stressed, and so I'm going to spore out, send some of my kids out, and now you guys go look for your own place to live, right? And it um, it, it really does happen that way. As, as mold bounces around, it may hit an area where, oh, there's already a mold colony set up here, and so they may fight each other for existence, or... It may just keep bouncing around looking for another place. But the fact of the matter is your mold spore count in your home. Well, this is this is the analogy I used to always use. Mm-hmm. Um, when you move into a brand new home, the mold spore count or the mold, what's the word? Load, I'm looking for. Yeah, load. Mold load. 
It's a tongue it's, twister, isn't it? It's, it's tough. Yeah. Old load. Old load. You, you're mold, able to say that without mold. any problems? No, I cannot say that. Mold load. <laughs> mold burden. Mold burden. Okay. Your mold burden, that's not great either, um, is going to be about the same as it is in the outdoor air, right? Because it was built and the outdoor air was freely flowing through it. Right. Plus you're opening doors and windows, right? Yeah. yeah. It and should be comparable. Really is, nothing crazy has happened yet, right? Yeah. But as that home ages, there are little... I've used this a few different analogies, and they're all dumb. But <laughs> yeah, there are little mold factories throughout your house, right? And these areas include, like, the first few inches of every drain in the home before you hit the P-trap. They get wet, and you start to build up what they call bio-burden. You're going to start growing mold in the drains. Mm. Um, that little hole that's on the inside of your sink that nobody thinks about, Yeah, that's got mold inside. The of overfill? It. Yeah, whatever, whatever you call yeah. it. Nobody really knows what that does, but yeah. Um, your windowsills, I mentioned, um, they start to grow mold. Um, bathrooms in general start to grow mold. Because um, there's water, right, from the, the, yeah. sh you've got all the shower, humidity. right, gets, yep. gets humid. Um, HVAC systems, um, especially we see it a lot in high humidity areas. Um, Florida is a nightmare because... It's so high. Well, actually, all of the south is bad because the humidity is so so high yeah. that the HVAC system is wet from the condensation, and it starts to grow mold. Mm. So anyway, the point is, as homes age, that mold load just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, and there isn't really anything that's going to change that. And typically what happens is as that's growing higher and higher, inevitably somebody has a flood or a leak in their home, right? And then they start to grow visible mold, like very visible mold. They call in a traditional guy. They come in and do what they think is best. They contain the area with plastic where that water was. And they tear it out. They rebuild it. They still have the plastic up. They run their air scrubbers for a few days, still with the plastic up. And then they test it within the plastic. And then hopefully the tests come back clean. Well, here's the problem is they haven't addressed the fact that that mold spore count in the home was still up to here. And when you had the flood, it probably went up to here now. Now, they are addressing where they can see the, the, where the flood impacted the home, but they're not addressing this problem up here, the elevated mold spore count. Mm. And so, um, in my mind, it's a little bit disingenuous to tell a homeowner, yep, you're safe now, because we tested that home within that plastic area that we just fixed. Mm. That's just telling you that area right there is safe until we take the plastic down. And uh, so anyway, when uh, hmm. interesting when uh, people always relate to this, when I say everybody knows what I'm talking about, when I say it smells like a grandma and grandpa house. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is 40, 50, 60 years of elevated mold load. So that's mold? That's absolutely mold. That's not body odor or? Well, I, I mean, it could be. It's probably some yeah. other things. Yeah. And but everybody knows that distinctive yeah. kind of, what is it, musty, yeah. grandma and grandpa home. Yeah, yeah. That is, oh, yeah. I, I guarantee you, with my years of experience, that is an elevated mold load in that home. Okay, I'm going to rewind because I thought you said something interesting. You said when the water is introduced to the house, that's when they start to colonize and it gets more visible, right? Right. So even even before the water is introduced, that mold load is is accumulating. Oh, absolutely. In a home. Yeah. So it's possible your home is already getting to a point where 
it's got it's getting quite a bit of mold. Maybe the air quality is being affected negatively, and there still hasn't been any major leak. Is that true? Yeah. Um. I, I, you know, I will say this: it's just not that common to see a home that hasn't had a leak. Yeah. It's just it's so common that it's easy to to draw the conclusion: well, that leak is what caused the mold. No, that that leak is not what caused the mold. The leak made the mold manifest itself. Mm. The mold level in the home was already elevated. Yeah. When you had that leak, the mold that was in the home, uh-huh. like I said, maybe I was Mr. Aspergillus floating around. I found that water, yeah. right? But the fact of the matter is the entire home has an elevated mold spore count. That's why, that's why some homes, they have a flood and they don't have very much mold at all. Mm. And other homes, and, and it's funny because everybody or a lot of people think, well, I must have dried that out really quick. Well, probably not. It's probably you didn't have an elevated mold spore count uh-huh. in that home to begin with. Some homes that do have an elevated mold spore count and they have a little flood, they start growing visible mold like crazy. Okay. Well, it's all about your mold level in the home. Yeah, and so that's kind of why you brought up these 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 uh, touch points in a home where, where it's common to get moisture, right? I mean, the right. window seals, the drains, the bathrooms – even the HVAC units, you bring these up because these are places where if a mold spore finds, those have moisture, and if a mold spore finds those places, which it inevitably will, yeah, then they start to colonize and, and form, and, and that just enhances the effect that you're describing of the mold load. Right. It, it right. in a sense, increases it. Yeah, and, and there's actually a couple of different things going on in a home at the same time is, when you have elevated mold, what we call mold load, mold that's load. elevated spores, right? But that's also elevated mycotoxins in your home. Mm. We haven't t- we can touch on that on another podcast. Yeah, let's do that. But the growing um, active mold is emitting mycotoxins that are really, really dangerous. Mm. So there's almost like two different levels of concern yeah. in an elevated mold spore home. Mm-hmm. It's the spores themselves, which can cause, you know, some of the less serious health issues like asthma and uh, not that asthma is not serious, but, but uh, just breathing know, stuff, yeah, right? breathing stuff, uh, lung, sore throat, coughing or something. Yeah. But then you can get into the neurological stuff from the mycotoxins. that is really a s- serious yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, you know, you, um, you brought up the window seals and, and all those things. And that makes sense. The window seals condensate. We've all seen a condensation condensation form in a window seal. Right. We've all seen a bathroom fog up from a shower. Right. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, drains. That makes sense. Yeah. There's water being introduced there. Tell me about mold spore and HVAC units. What's what's unique about an HVAC unit, and and does that breed more mold growth, or is that? Tell me how that. Yeah, works. it's actually it's it's uh, it's actually a a mold heaven um, inside there. Or haven. Haven. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, you were? I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. I don't heaven. Know. It likes it there. It's, it's a good a place. Uh, haven. Heaven. It's a paradise for mold. That's what it is. And uh, so anyway, with HVAC systems, like I said, it, in all areas, but particularly in high humidity areas, mm-hmm. um, you have so much condensation going on um, that those HVAC systems get wet. And, of course, they're dirty. Anybody can pull a pull a vent up and look down in there, and, of course, they're dirty. There's enough dust in there to feed the mold. 
and there's probably enough other kinds of debris to feed them all as well. But but the uh, crazy thing about that is when you think about it, as that mold starts to set up camp in that HVAC system, now you're running air th- through it. Now you're sending mold throughout the house again. You're dispersing the mold. Mm. So it uh, an HVAC system can can just be an absolute nightmare if you don't get the mold under control. Well, this kind of goes back to your earlier point of, say you have mold in your basement in one particular room and right. they get it dried out, get it removed or whatever, but it sat there for a couple of weeks, you know, it took them a while yeah. to get to it. You get that infected area cut out. Um, I've had, we've had this where it's cut out, it's removed. And, and we work with a lot of people who are sensitive to mold, right? And who have mold related illnesses. Right. If you just cut out that infected area, they are still feeling sick. And is and is that large in large measure to do with the HVAC unit has probably housed a lot of that mold, and is still continuing to spread it. Yeah, I think I think that, and I and I really believe that it's it's more the cumulative effect of all the different areas that you have mold in a home mm-hmm. is what is causing the majority of the problem. Now, when you had a flood, that that manifested to you that man, I've got a lot of mold in this house because it started to grow instantly. Yeah. The spores found that moisture, right? Yeah, but. I in in my heart of hearts, I believe that mold that you're seeing may be only five percent of the total mold load mm. in the home. I mean, if you think about, it, you can put a, a million spores on the head of a of a pin. I've read that. Yeah, it's uh, you could you could have just literally literally trillions of mold spores and mold growth that you're not even aware of. Mm. And so that's again that gets back to, it's so easy to say, well, let me just remove that and clean this air and we'll be good. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you took care of that. But the fact of the matter is the whole home needs to be addressed. Yeah. I think we're painting a good picture of, of some things to, to think about as far as mold traveling through our homes, what it does, what it likes to do. Actually, I'm going to give you a couple of wrap-up thoughts because we're, we're getting close to our time here. But mold's going to travel around, look for moisture, and we sh- maybe should have said this at the beginning. Mold, a mold spore, in order to, to really colonize and grow, needs basically just a couple things, right? It needs moisture, which you talked about, right. and a source of nutrition, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of alluded to that, but the source of nutrition can be pretty much anything. Can, Am I yeah, wrong? It, can be, it, it li- literally can be as simple as dust. Yeah. It, it'll live on that, yeah. So if there's moisture and nothing else but dust, it can start. Sure reproducing, growing, yeah. colonizing, yeah. not to mention all the other, and we're going to do a podcast on all the many things our house, houses are made of that make that way more exciting for a mold spore and more, you know, hospitable inviting, for it. Yes. Inviting, yes. But, but needless to say, mold has plenty of things to latch onto in, in our environments. Um, so that's kind of a picture of a home. Mike, you've, you've, uh, do you have any concluding thoughts on, on, uh, understanding mold in our homes a little bit? Yeah, I just um, it's just really important to um, just be a real student of your own home, I guess. Um, uh, keep, keep alert to the little telltale signs. Um, mold growing in like a front-loading washer or, or something. Those can all be uh, indications that you have a, an elevated mold spore count or a mold load in your home. Um, I actually was just thinking of, a, of an inspection I did a few months ago. Um, they had a sick little boy, and the um, 
naturopathic doctor said he thinks it's mold. I went through that entire home. I couldn't see anything. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not perfect at this, but I, I nothing jumped out at me. I got down in their crawl space, laid on my back, and they had insulation vats under there, and it was just covered with little white splotches everywhere of a white mold. And so mm. that's why they weren't visible to me in the home because they had white trim on everything. And so it just doesn't jump out at you like a, a black mold or a dark mold. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and maybe we should touch on this on another segment as far as black mold versus other types of mold. Mm-hmm. But they can all be dangerous. They all need to be taken care of. Great. Well, I guess I would just finish by saying thanks for listening to our podcast. If you found some of this information interesting, we're going to continue to roll out uh, these every so often and, and, uh, and just impart things we've learned. A lot of it's actually, a lot of it's from the books. A lot of it's been trial and error. Would you agree with that? Yes. And a lot of it's being in, like you said, thousands of homes and doing a treatment and being in crawl spaces and attics and traveling through customers' homes and a lot of it's experience based. Um, so thanks for joining us.